and he's speaking this to the people, and he says, I have given you a land for which you have not labored, and cities you did not build, and dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Everybody step with me, right? Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which are your father which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwelt. Notice what Joshua now says. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's read the end of that together. Ready? But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There is one verse uh, that I want to read, and it, and it says this about Joshua. In fact, we'll look at it in a little bit, that God honored Joshua's commitment and faith to him that the nation of Israel his entire life and for after the elders serve the Lord. There can be no greater testimony on our households about people serving the Lord. So Father, uh, as we come today and we, as we go through these verses, we thank you that the Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts that as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. That as for me and my house, we fear the Lord. That as for me and my house, we serve him continually. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. Let me read a couple more verses. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 19. Proverbs 9, 19. Now, Solomon writes these words, and he says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. We can read other places in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools, right, cast aside any wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You know, if you, take your, if you take time and you read through the Bible, in almost every chapter that you read, there will be some reference to fearing the Lord. Walking in the fear of God. That's not being afraid of God. That is walking in His ways, His almightiness, His greatness. Honoring Him, the Creator. He is God. So there's always a reference somewhere about fearing the Lord. You know, Joshua, in fact, I love this one verse. Joshua reminds them in verse 12 of Joshua 24. In fact, if you read, and you can read later, if you read on from Joshua 1, chapter 24, verse 1 through 12, Joshua is going to let the people know and remind them of all the things that God did. All of what he did in Egypt. All of what he did getting them out of Egypt, what Moses did, all of the places that he went. He's going to remind them he got them across the river into the promised land. He's going to remind them of the battles. And it's funny in verse 12 that he says uh, this words. He said, and this is what God said to him, 
I sent a hornet before you, which drove them out before you, also two kings of the Amorites, but not with your sword and not with your bow. You didn't fight them with the sword. You didn't fight them with the bow. I sent the hornets. Now, I was reading an article and some Bible scholar wrote, it wasn't really hornets that God sent, it was enemies. You know, if you look this up in the Hebrew, you know what the Hebrew word for hornets is? Hornets, right? Didn't say enemies. And let me give you a little example. You're sitting outside eating and one bee shows up. And what do people do? Ah, ah, right? They start jumping and screaming. And I'll always say, don't move. Don't swat at the bee. That just gets the bee fired up, right? And he's going to come at you. He doesn't want to sting you. That's a defense mechanism. Is it one little bee upsets anybody? You get a bee in your house, bee in your car. You know, somebody sees, especially those larger ones that fly around. Everybody screams and does the chicken dance, don't they? Trying to get away from them. Well, here God says, you didn't even have to fight them. You didn't need to draw a sword. You didn't need to draw a bow. I sent hornets and they ran. God's reminding him that. You know, uh, we look today at Joshua and those verses that we read, but we need to remember that in the beginning, in the book of Genesis, God allowed from the beginning for people to have the ability to choose. He didn't make anybody serve them. He gave them the ability to choose. In fact, we read in the scripture in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, he says this, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. And we would say, why would you even put a tree there? Just don't even have it there. Just leave the tree of life. But he put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil there. And he mentioned in the verse, he said, you shall not eat of it, for in the day you eat of it, you will die. He had to give them a choice. He wanted to give them a choice. And we notice that as the Bible goes on, they chose to eat of the tree. It looks so good. But the lie of the devil is the same today as it was back in Genesis chapter 3. In fact, he says this in verse 1 right at the end. And he uses these words. Has God indeed said? The trick and trap of the enemy is always the same. He wants you to doubt God's promises. In fact, he hopes that you don't know the promises so that when he plants some word, it causes confusion. And so you just do whatever you want to do. Has God indeed said? Prophet Isaiah prophesied at the beginning of chapter 4, verse 6. He says, my people are destroyed because of their prayer life. Oh, it didn't say that, does it? My people are destroyed by a lack of Bible reading, no knowledge of his word. My people are destroyed by a lack of knowledge. But you and I were created in the very image of God. In fact, look at your neighbor and say, you were created in God's image. Right? Say, you're beautiful. Now, if you're sitting with somebody, don't use that as a pickup line, right? <laughs> You and I were created in God's image, but he gave us the ability to choose. To choose to love him. 
He will never, ever make you serve him. He will never make you serve him. But the moment that you turn your heart and you begin to follow him, every day we make that choice to follow him, to serve him. He's given us the choice to choose eternity where we want to go. And over and over in the scripture, he'll say, choose life, right? There's the answer. Wouldn't you love before a test that the teacher says, hey, today on the test, just answer, choose life, I'll make you. He's saying in the Bible, choose life, choose life, choose life, obey, serve. But yet, as we read, Joshua is having to tell and remind the people once again of all that God did, of what they saw, even the little ones, what they saw God do. He's having to tell them again, put away their gods. The ones that you might have brought from Egypt, the ones you might have adopted from the land, put those things away and serve God. In fact, that's what Joshua says. And you know what? Here's what I have to make the choice. As for me... And for my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's where we start. You know, when I was a little kid and we'd go over to my grandparents' house, they always had on the, you know, the, the shows now, if you say them, you know, some of these young people look at you like, I've never heard of that show ever, 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 ever in my life. They'd watch Ozzie and Harriet. All right, anybody remember those shows? I don't even remember their kids. They'd watch Leave it to Beaver. They'd watch all, all of, but all of those shows had something to do with some type of family, right? Now we have Ozzy and Sharon Osbourne. <laughs> and I've, I've only watched part of it one time. I don't even think they're back on. And the only reason I watched it was because Ozzy Osbourne was walking down his street with his bulldog. And I think that's what caught my attention. But he was lost. They didn't know if he was off medication or on drugs. But that's what they were showing. He's across the street from him. He doesn't even know where he is. You know, when we think about if we were to go back and we think about all of the television shows that we used to watch, many of them had to do with families, blended families. You know, the one that my parents would watch that I always would laugh about was Sanford and Son. And though they would yell at each other, they were family, weren't they? I mean, they were... They were family, and you kind of laughed along. Boy, have things changed. Everything's reality TV. Everything's scripted. Everything has to do with fighting and strife. It's all changed, hasn't it? But we hear those words of Joshua again. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In fact, let me read uh, verse 15 again to us. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord. He had to say that. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river. In fact, when he talks about that, if you read in the beginning of chapter 24, he's talking about Abraham's father Terah, that his father and Abraham all worshipped other gods. In fact, we know from Bible study it was the sun, moon, and stars. So he's reminding them that they worshipped the uh, gods of the fathers that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites who were the ones they were driving out of the land that God also drove out. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Notice that it starts with me. 
Everybody say me. The most difficult person that you're going to ever deal with in life, you know who it is? Me. Right? Got an amen out of that. <laughs> the most difficult person is me. We, don't, we, we think of people, right? No, it's, it's me. I have a choice. I, I can do things as people put pressure on me, but at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I want to do. I have to make that choice. Joshua, in front of all of the people and the elders and the captains, was making a choice to say, even if I have to stand alone, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I love that we because that we is the family unit that as a family, we will serve. We will honor the Lord. The influence that the family has on children. In fact, we can go through the whole bit of parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and other relatives around that have an influence on the children. The word house as for me and my house, the translation of that word meaning it's a home that contains a family. As for me and my home that contains a family, we're going to serve the Lord. Think about it today. All across the world, people are worshiping God at some time throughout the day in churches, buildings, schools, parks, homes, hotels, coffee shops, basements, and wherever else they are, people are coming together to worship and serve the Lord. But what obstacle is Joshua facing that he needs to let all the people know this? He's got an obstacle that the people are, some of them are serving other gods, some of them are caught up in idolatry, but Joshua wants to remind them of the importance of building a godly home. And he says, it starts with me. Starts with him. Started with his wife. Started with the kids. Started with the grandkids. Started with the grandparents. As for me in our house. You know, we've all seen it. We've seen kids and youth excited for the Lord. We've seen parents that get distracted. We've seen husbands that are more focused on their toys. You know, husbands have toys too, right? Men have toys. They just change in, in different sizes. We've seen single people that love God. We've seen, seen single people that are running from God. But here's the solve that I think Joshua shows us in its bookend. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua, before you do anything, before you go over the river, before you fight an enemy, before you do anything, I want you in my word. I want my words to feed your spirit. I want you to obey them. I want you to talk about them. I want you to say them. I want you to write them out. I want you to stick them on the mirror, on the refrigerator in your car. I want you to have them on your phone or your tablet. You have those things around. That's the most important thing that you can do. Have that word in your heart. And then Joshua, make a commitment that you and your house are going to serve the Lord. You're going to do it with all of your heart. You know, we see in Daniel, in fact, I wanted to read this verse, Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. It says this, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies. 
nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. He's not given a list of people. He's talking about Daniel. He's talking about himself. And then uh, the psalmist writes in Psalm 127.1, he writes this, unless the Lord builds the house. You know that translation of this word house? You know what it is? A house containing a family. Many times we think of our church facility, right? Unless the Lord builds the house. No, it's the house that contains a family. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So unless the Lord is building the house as a home containing the family, notice what he talks about, what the opposite is, or he guards a city, the watchman stays awake in vain. You know that word vain means to work with emptiness. To work with emptiness, worthlessness, deception. We don't want anything that we do to be worthless, do you? You go to work to work just to be worthless? Hey, I know it's Monday morning, boss, but I need to let you today. I'm going to be worthless. <laughs> I might sleep a little bit. I might take a longer lunch. Uh, I might go shopping, but I'll come back. I just want you to know today when I start, I'm going to be worthless to you. And are they going to say, oh, okay, great. No. Unless the Lord builds the house that contains a family. I was reading a story about a little girl, and they were at a hotel, and she had all of this uh, luggage that she was sitting on, and a lady came up to her and just started talking about her and um, asked a couple of questions. She said, are you staying for vacation? She says, no, my dad got a new job, so we're new to the city, and we're staying in this hotel. And the lady says, oh, I'm so sorry that you have to live in a hotel. And the little girl said, oh, we have a home. We just don't have a house to put it in yet. We have a home. We just don't have a house to put it in yet. Does it matter the physical structure of a home that you have or don't have? It's the very home that resides in you. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, I was reading a little uh, research this week. The, if you've ever heard of the Pew Research, a lot of times uh, their studies have to do with Christians and church statistics. And let me read you a couple statistics. American Christians go to church, 90% of them say, to be closer to God. The very reason I go to church. I thought it was because of the pastor. I didn't see the pastor's haircut. No. We come to be closer to God. In fact, why Christians don't go to church? 44% said, I practice my faith in other ways. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I've never met anybody yet that says, you know, I haven't gone to church in a while because we just had this amazing devotion time at our house on Sunday morning. <laughs> Thank you, Sam, for that. Amen. 15% of American Christians say they don't go to church. They say they don't have time. They don't have time. I read something this week that millennials only have seven hours of free time in a week. 
other on all their gadgets, right? And, and sometimes we're the same, but we come to worship the Lord. We make that a priority, not for a person or a place or a facility to get closer to God, to connect to him, to hear him. What draws people to church? The number one answer from the Gallup poll, okay? Number one, preaching centered on the Bible and community with other believers. Preaching centered on the Bible, community with other believers. Let me read you a couple uh, other quotes before I move on. This is from a Dr. Roland Martinson. We ought to do this. Let the kids drop their parents off at church, train the parents, and send them back into the mission field, their home, to grow Christians. <laughs> How many of you kids would say, I dropped my parents off at church today. They just wouldn't let me drive. <laughs> Marjorie Thompson of Family Life said this, for all of the specialized training church leaders realize is this, that if a child is not receiving basic Christian nurture in the home, even the best teachers and curriculum will have a minimal impact. Once a week exposure simply cannot compete with a daily personal experience that the parent supplies. You know, when our kids were little and they would go to like kindergarten, it's then you realize they're going to be around other people for eight hours a day. What are they going to say to them? What are they going to do? But the importance of, for me, in my house, we serve the Lord. And I'll be the first to say, I'm not perfect. I'm not the best. I have to go. This is as convicting as anyone. You know, they always say, right, the mechanic, the guy that's a mechanic, his cars are always broken down, right? Uh, you ever hear that story? The carpenter, his house is broken down. You know, they, you don't work on those things. It takes effort. It doesn't come easy. But you look for those opportunities to stop and be still and reflect and say, and as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua chapter 24, verse 21 after Joshua says all of these things, the people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord. And I love that one verse in verse 31. It says, Israel, the nation of Israel, served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had known all the works of the Lord, which he had done for them in Israel. As long as Joshua lived, he was determined that for he and his household, his family, they would live for the Lord. Isn't that important for us today? The challenge is in our busyness, in our distracted time, that we don't forget God. See, we don't see a lot of people worshiping idols, but there are idols out there that people serve today that don't have necessarily an image but it becomes a distraction god is not against older boys having toys he's not against people taking vacations and getting time away he's not against all of that but here's what he wants he wants to know as for you and your house that you will serve the lord there's no such thing as a perfect home no marriage is perfect 
No parents are perfect. No grandparents are perfect. No aunts or uncles are perfect. There's no son or daughter that's perfect. Can I get an amen? No, don't say that high. But there is such thing as a Christ-centered home built intentionally by families who choose that they're going to live their lives for Jesus and to serve him faithfully. Christ-centered homes have imperfect people, but they know a perfect Savior. These homes might be rare, but they are so needed in the days that we're living in. So I want to ask us a personal question. In fact, I'd like to end this way if you would all bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm not going to have you raise a hand or stand up. But let me ask all of us a couple questions. What about your house? Let's make it personal. What about my house? Will I serve the Lord? Will I make time to teach the Word of God within my home so that I can point my family to look to Jesus daily? Could it be that as Joshua says those words at the end of verse 15, as for me and my house will serve the Lord, that's a great opening sentence to say every morning when we get up. That alarm goes off. And when you're trying to find snooze, that you say, as for me and my house today, we'll serve the Lord. Throughout the day, when you think of your family, that you'll say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. At the end of the night, when you're trying to get to sleep, that the last words that you would say before you go to sleep are, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Father, we pray for our houses today. Not a structure, but our hearts. We thank you, Father, that no one is perfect but we serve a perfect Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that calls us back and back and time again and time again to him. We can hit restart this morning. And we can start today and we can say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We won't get distracted because I'm going to remind myself and the Holy Spirit's going to remind me that for me and my house, will serve the Lord. Doesn't matter what's happening in other homes. Doesn't happen in our nation around the world. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We honor you today, Father, in these earthly houses that represent you. And we choose you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Stand with me if you would before we close.